All right, if then, we've been here for a few weeks, we're going to continue a little bit longer. If we do a part, God does a part. It's all through Scripture. If we do this, this happens. If you plant tomatoes in good ground, tomatoes are going to grow. If you don't plant tomatoes, they're not going to grow. I've never had a, a, a harvest of tomatoes just show up in my yard. No matter how much I pray for them, they don't show up. But when I sow tomatoes in the yard or in a plant, in a a pot, garden, they come up. If I do this part, sorry, y'all know me. I have a hard time with my words sometimes. You stick a seed in the ground, I should expect it to come out, and it should come out. If we do our part, then God will do his part. Amen? Well, it leads me to this statement. It's, It's more of a declaration I want to be blessed. Can anyone agree? Do you want to be blessed? If you had instructions, simple instructions on how to be blessed, would you follow it? Yeah, not as much of a response to that. It's the truth. Because the Lord has given us clear instruction of how to be blessed. But we want the blessing without the instruction. We want the blessing without the follow-through. Lord, just bless me. We love to see, Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hands would be with me and you would keep me from evil. Just go ahead and do it, God. God says, I will, but you've got a part to do. Y'all have your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 11. If you've got them or you've got your iPhones or your whatever, get it out. Deuteronomy chapter 11, because it'll go home with you. My PowerPoint's not going home with you. Your word goes home with you. You know that Jesus didn't come so that you could have a one hour of victory a week? Jesus didn't come for your one hour of victory a week. He came for a life of victory, a life of breakthrough. His kingdom doesn't shake. He came to put you on his solid ground. Not to try to make your solid ground solid. His is solid ground. So, we can't make it on one hour a week. Try to eat one hour a week. I mean, you could eat the entire 60 minutes. That would be very enjoyable to watch. And then try to make it the rest of the week on what you ate. It won't work. So your Bibles go home with you. Okay, here we go. And it shall be that, everybody say if. Say if you. Say if I. If I earnestly obey the commandments which the Lord commanded us today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Say the next word. Then. If I. If I will do this part. And can I just say the then It's too much for me to pile into one sermon. The blessings of God are so much that they can only be contained in heaven. They can't be contained in earth. Earth's not big enough. The blessings of God are so big that they're stored in heaven, just waiting to be poured out on you. The the universe is in the span of God's hand. His blessings are huge. 
I'm going to list some of the blessings to you, but before I do that, I want you to know that if you don't do the if, there is no then. You must do the if. So, church, what's our part? The if. Hey, whoo, there is hope. Okay, if. If you earnestly obey my commands. Do you remember from last week, Matthew chapter 22? Jesus was asked, okay, Jesus, I get it, I get all, I get your laws, I get it, but if you could just sum it up, give me the Cliff's notes on how to make it through the day, how to make it through my life. Jesus said, okay, number one, first and greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second one is similar, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Now, listen, all the other commandments and the demands of the prophets stem from these two laws and are fulfilled if you obey them. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all the others. So if we can wrap the whole thing into one little package, it is to love God and love others. If we do those two things according to God's word, how he says to love, if we do those two things, we fulfill all of them. So, what do we do? We need to love. So, we just read, if we'll obey the commands which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart, with all your heart and with all your soul, then, here comes the then, get ready for it. Today is kind of a pros and cons day. Pros and cons and pros and cons and pros to serving God. Some of us respond to knowing what the reward is. Some of us respond to knowing what the consequences are. You know, I've got children that if they'll just know what the reward is, they will go for it. It's like a, it's like a dog race. As you put the rabbit out in front of them, if they can just see the reward, they're going to run. Others don't care so much about the reward. They care more about what's going to happen if they don't. God gives us both. He wants us motivated to do his word. He's going to say, this is what you get, and this is what you get. You get this if you do it. You get this if you don't. I kind of like to know the whole picture. Okay. What's he going to do? I will give you rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather, your, it, that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may, be, that you may eat and be filled. So, pros. Number one. What's he going to do if we follow his word? He is going to give us rain for our land. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if there is a physical drought in the earth. The kingdom of God is not affected by what the conditions are on earth. The finances of the earth aren't under some condition that, that God cannot move because of what's going on in our economy. He says he will give us the early rain and the latter rain, meaning if it's the rainy season, if you've ever been to Africa, there's no four seasons. There's either the rainy season and the dry season. He will give us the rain on both. God says, I don't care if it's the dry season. I promised you I would give you rain. I will give you rain. What does rain do? Rain causes your crops to grow. If you don't have rain, what will happen? They'll die. He will give us rain for our land. Pro. We'll gather our grain, our new wine, and our oil. 
you will gather. What does that mean? That means when you go out for your harvest, there will be grain to harvest. Anybody here ever gone out to harvest and there wasn't anything there? In your life, in your relationships, in your family, in your church, in your job. Well, God says when you go out to gather, you will gather. There will be grain to gather, there will be wine to gather, there will be oil to gather. It will be there. Whose responsibility does it become? It becomes God's. God says if you follow him, he will see to it that there's grain in your field. Amen. Y'all got it. Amen. Okay. Does anybody want grain in their field? Anybody want new wine? It's kind of hard to say in a Baptist church, but yeah, new, new wine. How about oil? You know, oil. Or the oil of the Spirit. I'll take both. Amen. This is kind of a give and take. I need some help. What else is he going to do? He's going to send grass for our livestock. Anybody here ever seen a cow that didn't get enough to eat? I, I wouldn't want that. Sure wouldn't want it to be mine to take it to the market to sell. I also wouldn't want to eat it. I like a fat cow. <laughs> right? He's going to take care of your stuff. He's going to make sure that your stuff has value. What happens if a, if a cow doesn't eat? He'll die. We grew up, I grew up uh, on a farm where we did have cattle, and there were times that we would get up 4, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning and go out and find a dead cow. It happens. God says he'll take care of our livestock. Amen. What else? Fourth one. You will eat and be filled. I think that's physically. I also think it's spiritually. I also think it means your job. It means that you will be fulfilled. That we will be fulfilled. That we will have a purpose. We will have a plan. And we will live a fulfilled, filled life. Fulfillment is a biggie. How many of you, don't raise your hand today, feel unfulfilled? There's an answer to that. You will be filled. But what if we don't? Con. Here it comes. Next verse. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. Can't just take the good. We've got to look at the bad. This first one is a killer. Do you even remember what it was? God will be aroused against you. I'm telling you, that's a deal breaker for me right there. I can't imagine walking around with God against me. I've got enough problems. Anybody say amen to that? Not that I have enough problems, but that you have enough problems. Do you have enough problems? Then let's just don't even worry about adding the one that God's against us onto that problem. Because 
no longer do these problems that I think are just the worst things that could ever happen. Uh, this one takes it. God aroused against me. That's, that's enough for me to turn. Then, the heavens are shut up towards you. Um, I can't afford that one. Imagine at the pole at your house, if you've got cable or whatever, internet, and someone severs that line going into your house. All the praying in the world is not going to get you internet again. You're not going to have it. No matter if you reset your cable modem, reset your router, scream at everyone, tell everybody to reset their computers and their iPhones, you're not going to get connection. Now, can you imagine a life where your prayers aren't being heard? And that what God wants to do for you, there's a broken connection of that flow of God to you. Church, is that enough for you? That's enough for me. The Lord must hear my prayers. I am not going to make it. I will not make it. I, I know too much. I know enough about me. I must hear the Lord. He must hear me. It's almost like the Lord is saying directly to my spirit, it's like your oxygen is cut off and there is no more life. So, glory. Finally, you perish quickly from the good land. All right, back to the good. If I smile again. Verse 23, and I'm not going to show it to you. I'm just going to give you the highlights. It says that the Lord will drive out the enemy nations before you. In front of you. He'll take care of your enemies. He also says that you will dispossess or overcome greater and mightier nations than yourself. We just read that. Jesus our God is... Uh, Jesus our God is... Uh, uh, something. Our God is greater. But something about possible and impossible and yeah y'all remember that that yeah so there was that again i can't remember lyrics to save my life i i have terrible lyric lyricosis issues but we sang all about overcoming does anybody remember that's not just to have a fun song that's to put to your remembrance that you should be overcoming god is overcome god is in us we should overcome we got three pieces here us god and our issue God has overcame, we have God in us, hence we should overcome. Okay? So what else? He says that everywhere your soul, the sole of your feet treads will be yours. You know it says that the earth is the Lord's and the, and the fullness thereof. However, that Also, when I have Christ in me, wherever I walk is the Lord's. It doesn't mean I walk into your business and I just say, oh, because Jesus is in me and the Lord says that I own everything, I now own your business. No. You're going to get a weird response if you go in and do that. No. It does mean that whatever enemy, whatever thing, if, if Satan or demonic activity or anything in this world has taken over an area, including our city, the moment I show up, I have the right to, to run them off and to take it back over. 
Satan does not have the right to our city. Because Jesus is in me, Jesus is in you. And as we go to these households, we have the right to take that neighborhood. It doesn't mean we go and drag people to church. It means we have spiritual right to be there and to win those people to Christ. Everybody say amen. We have that right. Satan doesn't have that right. We have that right. So, how do we do it? I can sit here and say, you obey the commands and we're going to get all this stuff. But how do we do it? How do we walk this thing out uh, fulfilling Matthew 22, verse 37? Loving the Lord and loving others. Well, it continues right here in Deuteronomy chapter 11. If you've still got your Bibles, look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Fix these words of mine on your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols around your neck. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as days as heaven, heavens are above the earth. How do we do it? We make it a lifestyle. We do it coming, we do it going. We do it when we sit down, we do it when we get up. We do it when we wake up, we do it when we go to bed. What happens is we get it right here in front of us and everything else is secondary. When I face a challenge with you personally, with a person or with a demonic activity or in my job, the word must come first. And that doesn't just happen overnight. It comes by doing it all the time. Unfortunately, we do not go to the Lord and walk an altar and, and say, okay, God, I get it. I love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I do it that day, and then I'm done. Wouldn't that be nice if we could teach our kids one thing, one time, sit down and say, okay, this is how you do it. Do you have it? Watch them do it. Yes, I got it. And then they do it like that the rest of their life. They don't. They have to be reminded tomorrow. What do you mean i got to make my bed today? I did it yesterday. What do you mean i got to brush my teeth today? I did it yesterday. No, it's a lifestyle. You've got to take care of your teeth. How many of you know you've got to take care of your teeth? How many of you wish you'd taken better care of your teeth growing up? You've got to ride it everywhere. Sarah Beth this morning she led a song, my youngest 11-year-old led a song in children's ministry this morning and had to be up early. So I got up this morning and found a note. I just so happened to find a note on my mirror. But it's a miracle I even saw it because it was over here to the side. And I told her this morning, I said, if you really want to make sure I get the note, put it right where my head goes. You know, you all stand in the same place every morning while you get ready. You don't think you do, but you do. Just like you're sitting in the same seat you sit in every single Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, that dude was in my seat. I'll get here early to next week and I'll get my seat back. I know. I know. But it's got to go right there. Why? Because it will get my attention. It will be what I see. That's where the word has to be. It has to be at every turn. 
Elizabeth has done such an amazing job putting scriptures on my kids' doors. I've got one written on my door to my office. I can't miss it. I can't miss it. The word must be in front of me. The word of God tells us right here, get it in front of you. Tie the word around your neck. Tie the word around your children at home, your road, down the road, in your bed when you wake up. His word, his commands, his kingdom, his righteousness. It's a lifestyle. You can't just go and do a great workout with a trainer one day and expect the results of a year's worth of training. It doesn't work that way. It takes a year's worth of training to get a year's worth of a outcome. You know what the coolest part, though, is? If you don't get anything else, get this today. It's your choice. You choose. Not anyone else. You get to choose to do it or not to do it. Deuteronomy chapter 11, same chapter. Behold, I set before you blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commands of the Lord your God. You get to choose. Who gets the choice? Not your spouse, not your kids, not your parents, not the government. You. You get to choose. I love a choice. Every day you have choices to make. This if-then is in the decisions that you make. It's in your heart. Look what it says in Joshua 24. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, we can say that and then not do it. The, the important thing is to do it. How do you choose? As you have things that happen in your life, you make the right choice. You get the word in front of you. You teach it to yourself. Get the oxygen mask on you first before you start putting it on somebody else. Get you healthy. Before I go and force the word on my wife, I need to force it on me. And I don't force it on her. She has to choose. That what's the choice? The choice is obedience. To be obedient or not to be obedient? To be or not to be. That's about the extent of my acting ability. It's true. It's true. To be blessed or not to be. Yeah, my voice cracked. I don't care. <laughs> to be. <laughs> don't start throwing roses or tomatoes. Either one. Just keep them. You choose. Now, listen to me. Not your circumstances. You choose. Your circumstances don't choose for you. You are where you are today because of your choices, not because of your circumstances. You are where you are today because of your choices, your decisions in those circumstances, not because of the circumstances. Unfortunately, we live a life where we blame everybody for where we are. We blame our circumstances, we blame our parents, we blame our upbringing, we blame the government. Everything I always say, we blame Satan. 
You are not where you are because of Satan. You are where you are because of your choices. And until you take responsibility for your choices, you are not coming out of where you are. You have to choose. Let me give you an example. If you went to college, you made a decision to go to college or not to go to college. No one else made that decision for you. If you went to college, you made a decision on what you were going to major on, major in. Someone else may have tried to heavily, heavily influence you, heavenly, heavily influence you, but you chose. You chose where to put your resume in. You chose where to work. You may be working at the job from hell. You chose it. We do not live in a society where we get placed in a place and are held by gunpoint to stay there. You choose. You chose who to marry. You made that choice. The decisions you are in are based on how you responded to the circumstances you went through. And can you see, if you don't walk through those circumstances with the word, you're going to make bad choices. So we have to, number one, start by saying, okay, I take responsibility from where I am. Because you know what? You can choose your way out of hell today. You have that much power. The person that you think made all these choices over you can't choose for you out of where you are. You can sit here and blame them all day long, and you're going to wind up right where you started. Or you can take responsibility and walk out. Elizabeth said, when you're in hell, keep walking. If you find yourself in hell, keep walking. Don't stay. Walk out. We must make our choices. Einstein said, we cannot solve the problems that we got ourselves into with the same thinking that got us into them. We can't solve the problems that we're in with the same thinking that got us into them. We've got to make some different choices. Now, let's close. Let's have some fun. Deuteronomy 28. If anybody knows this, we're going to rejoice for just a minute. More pros. If you obey the Lord and follow his commands, I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany or overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. You don't have to worry about the, the uh, blessings. You don't even have to know them. They will make themselves known to you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You don't have to know what the blessings are. They will make themselves known to you. It's good to know what they are so that when you see them show up, you say, hey, that was God. God, you're faithful to your word. Man, I'm going to keep doing this thing. But if you don't know what they are, that's all right. They'll come find you. His arm's not too short to reach you where you are. He'll reach you right where you are. Yeah, but Amazon doesn't deliver to my home. God does. Domino's doesn't go all the way out to my home. God does. And he's on time. Always. And he doesn't miss a delivery. It's like, oh God, I hope I'm home when the delivery comes. You will be. And it's not a stay between 8 and 4. Be home sometime between 8 and 4. I hate you TV people. Not really. I don't hate you. I hate the, don't hate the player. Hate the, hate the game. 
oh, my tweeters are moving now, so watch out. I, they're right up here. I can see it. Oh, it's going to be bad. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the younger of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks. The basket in your kneading trowel will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant the enemies who rise up against you. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you at one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put your hands to. The Lord, God, your God, will bless you in the land he has given you. Not done. The Lord will, verse 11, the Lord will grant you with abundant prosperity. Your womb, your livestock, your crops. The Lord will cause the heavens, oh, open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to rain on your land in season and to bless the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations and will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you will pay attention to the commands the Lord your God, that your Lord your God has given you this day, and if you carefully follow them, you will always be on the top and not be on the bottom. Stand up. Y'all just pray with me. Choose this day. Make a choice, church. It's good to feel good, but it's good to obey. It's better to obey. It's better to follow God and let his blessings just come find you. When you least expect it. When you've forgotten that you even needed it and it shows up. When you forgot to pray about a need, but it just shows up. God's blessings will find you and overtake you, but we must fulfill the if. Write it around your, place it around your neck, write it on your hands, write it, talk about it coming and going. Get it in you. If you're here today and you say, man, I don't even know Jesus. The Bible tells us that those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Can we just make this simple today? Call on Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I can't make it my way any longer. I choose this day to follow you. What are you here facing? What are you battling? You have choices. It's time to get the right instruction. Follow the Lord. He will work all things for good. He will work all things for good. What are you facing? My God is greater. My God is greater. I just pray over you right now that we would begin to make good decisions. That we would make a decision today to follow the Lord and His Word. Make a choice. Don't stay where you are, church. Don't stay where you are. Jesus Christ paid a great price for you. And He loves you. He's waiting for you. 
would you come? We just open the altar right now. Is Zach, uh, Zach, go ahead. I just want to.